Good afternoon, my Renegades. Welcome back to Rogue Radio. My name is Sarah Jane, and today, I guess you could call it a Rogue News segment. There's not going to be much to it, but um, I found some very interesting pieces of information that has been handed to me about some certain things, and there's going to be a little bit of an update from Destry Smith himself from his YouTube channel. So we will also look into that, and I will share my thoughts about that as well. And maybe at some point I will finally decide whether or not I should be talking about Destry Smith on the pedophiles. So stay tuned. If you have any comments, questions, or concerns about the podcast that I am talking about today, you can contact me on my Instagram at Rogue Radio 4, Rogue Radio 4 on Twitter, and Rogue Radio, all caps, on YouTube. I will see you there. Thank you very much for listening. Alright, the very first thing that um, was given to me today is a video from Daystar, and Daystar, if you guys don't know, Daystar is a uh, Christian um, television uh, channel, and um, they were talking about the uh, COVID vaccine, and I found it very interesting, and I know a lot of people are misinformed about the vaccine and don't understand what is in it, and why certain people will have certain reactions to it and all of that stuff. So I will be playing it. It is a 25-minute video, so um, if you, you know, feel free to skip past a little bit of it if you get bored. Trust me, it's a lot. But um, it is something that I wanted to talk about because um, A lot of people now in this time are very scared and they're all rushing to get the vaccine, but they don't realize what may be in it. So we're going to talk about this right now. Cleveland in 1996 to open my integrative practice. 
I went to the National Vaccine Information Center meeting in Washington, D.C. in September of 2000. It was a flyer that came in the mail, sat on my kitchen counter for weeks, and it just seemed like I couldn't quite throw it away. So I was, um, I, I was single at the time, and I said, well, there must be somebody there I'm supposed to meet. Well, as it turned out, it wasn't somebody, it was something. And I went down and I, spent, I attended four days of that meeting, and I came home and said, how in the world did I miss this? I grew up in a chiropractic family. My grandfather, my father, three uncles, and two cousins were chiropractors. That's the reason I wanted to become an osteopathic physician is because I wanted to have that in my um, musculoskeletal medicine in my armamentarium. And after I came back from that meeting, I said, I should probably look into this. Well, I started with the CDC documents, the general recommendation of vaccination, which was the 1998 version. They come out with one of those every couple of years. And after I read it, I said, this can't possibly be it. This can't possibly be what this whole industry is built on. Maybe I ought to read a little more. And so that reading a little more has turned into more than 20 years. Actually, I've gone on 21 years and well beyond 40,000 hours worth of personal research that I've done investigating problems associated with vaccines. You know, as a physician, we're taught that vaccines are safe. They're effective, they keep you from getting sick, they're harmless, and they're absolutely necessary. And after 20 years of study and more than 40,000 hours of research, I can honestly say that none of those premises are true. So Dr. Tim Penny, uh, we've done, of uh, course, shows with Robert Kennedy Jr., with Dale Bigtree, and other significant doctors uh, that have talked about some of the, the information we need to know to be informed about, about vaccines. I wanted you to specifically uh, address the COVID-19 vaccine um, and maybe talk a little bit about the mRNA because a lot of people don't realize that the two vaccines that they're using are experimental and that they have the mRNA. Also, I'd like for you to touch on the Johnson & Johnson vaccine as well. And again, we're not telling people what they are to do. They have to do what they feel they need to do. And so, we're trying to bring information. We're trying to bring truth. My only uh, wish here is to help people, just as I know that, that that's your feeling as well. I'm not paying you. You're not paying me. There's no pharmaceutical backing us. We're simply sharing the truth, especially with our audience, who many are Christians as, as well as you are. Yes, well, it's a really important topic because it's on the top of the head of everybody's everybody's um, uh, mind these days. And all three of the shots are very important to talk about, and two of them are similar, and one is very different. So the messenger RNA vaccine, or messenger RNA shot, is the one that's involved with um, the, um, uh, the Pfizer shot and the Moderna shot. And both of them come to the market at about the same time, and they inject a small little piece of genetic material. Now keep in mind that this genetic this type of injection has never been done before, ever. This is um, all the animal, they've been trying to develop a coronavirus vaccine as far back as 2002. So I'm going to interject right here for a minute. Um, she has said that there are... There have been tests and the coronavirus has been tested or has been in the process of creation. The COVID-19 vaccine has been in the process of being created since 2002. Now, to put in perspective of how long that has been going on, I was 12 years old at the time. 
So when I was 12 years old, this whole pandemic, this whole vaccine thing has been premeditated, which I don't feel is far from the truth. Honestly, I feel like that is right on the nose, but we're going to keep listening to what she has to say. She says it's experimental. Okay, so my question is, if all of this exp- is, I can't even, talk. 
If all of this is experimental, because she even said it, this has not really been tested, that this has been very experimental. People are dying also from the vaccine. People are getting very terrible allergic reactions. Not everybody's body is going to react the same. And I find it funny that once, it's been a year, it has been a year since COVID-19 has broken out in this world and it's terrible, it's tragic, and it's awful. And I understand why people, uh, especially who are in the labs and in the hospitals, want to race to get a vaccine out. But why is it still an experimental vaccine? Why is it still not necessarily proven that it can help? Or that it, it can cure you from COVID-19. You can still get it after you get vaccine. So what is the vaccine actually for? What is its true purpose? Walk around that messenger RNA with the recipe to keep it stable. And in the Pfizer shot, it has to be stored at like minus 70 degrees So, polyethylene glycol, I think that's what she said, is a chemical or I'm not sure what it is, some sort of substance that is in the vaccine that actually triggers really big allergic reactions. Now, there are people out there that are allergic to antibiotics, medicines, and um, all of that stuff. If it's too artificial for the body, they do break out in hives. They do have an allergic reaction, just like if someone accidentally ate peanut butter and they were allergic to peanuts. Um, Same exact thing. Probably even worse. Each allergic reaction is different, but what I'm basically trying to say is it's not safe for certain people who are especially allergic to certain medicines. So anybody who has an allergic reaction to any sort of medication, I wouldn't recommend you taking this vaccine. Is run through, run through the, the ribosomes. It's a, it, that is the, is the factory 
to make the protein. That protein is called the spike protein. That protein is supposed to be similar to the spike protein on the surface of the coronavirus that's causing infection. The idea behind this process is that if we create this protein, and then we create an antibody to that protein, we can take that antibody, and the next time the coronavirus is floating around, we'll blob onto its spike protein and neutralize it. In theory, that's what's supposed to happen. But instead what happens is once you've gone through that manufacturing, you've created that spike protein, there's a lot of different things that can happen with it. For one thing, it can irrevocably bind to the surface of your cells. The other thing that that protein can do is go through a process called transfection, can go backwards, the protein then can bind to your DNA and irreversibly change it. The third thing that spike protein can do once we've manufactured it is yes, we can make antibodies to that spike protein. The problem is there's a real issue with the antibodies that are created through this process. Under normal vaccination, like for say flu shots or the measles or shingles or the chickenpox, we make a particular type of antibody that's called a neutralizing antibody. When that binds to those recurrent viruses, it gobbles them up, brings in your white blood cells and disposes of it. We don't even know that happens. It happens all day long in our immune system. But the anti-spike antibodies, I've mapped out about 10 mechanisms of injury that that anti-spike antibody can cause inside of your body once it's been created by that process, that manufacturing process I just described. That anti-spike antibody that's supposed to be there to keep you from getting sick, actually if you produce it in very high quantities, can have direct adverse effects on your tissues, primarily your lungs, but also to the liver, to the kidney, and to your heart. And there's multiple other mechanisms of how that anti-spike antibody is, can cause harm. So when people think about, well, you know, they say coronavirus, all that circulated coronavirus is out there that we've known have been around for, you know, since, since uh, about 2000, for 60 years, they've been able to document coronaviruses. On an annual, normal basis, coronaviruses cause something that looks like the flu. So a lot, and we've heard that a lot. We've heard about coronavirus illness, Mm -hmm. and coronavirus, you know, causes kind of like a cold. So if I get this shot, it's just like getting a flu shot, and it'll keep me from getting sick like the flu shot's supposed to do. But the the Moderna vaccine and the Pfizer shot, the Moderna shot and and the Pfizer shot, they act by a completely separate mechanism. So this is not just another flu shot. It's not FDA approved because remember, they tried to be doing this for almost 20 years. They couldn't get it past safety, safety studies and efficacy studies. Meaning that they couldn't get it past safety. completely experimental. They've never done this before. It was put into the market by something called an EUA, which is Emergency Utilization of Authorization. So under the stated emergency of the pandemic, the pharmaceutical companies, Pfizer, Moderna, J&J, and there are 77 more of these shots, 77 more of these injection, the, um, the vaccinations in, under current development. And there are 78 more in animal studies. So basically, 
The people who are taking the vaccine are lab rats to see if it will work in people, whether they die or not. It's basically just a trial and error at this point. And I get the um, emergency, the the emergency and how um, fast we needed this medicine. But the fact that it came out so fast and that it was premeditated around 2002 makes me believe that this was all orchestrated for some reason. That's just me. I'm a conspiracy theorist, as you all know, which I will be making another segment. I know I make a lot of segments on my podcast, but I will be talking about conspiracy theories just like this, too. So stay tuned for that. But anyway, let's get back onto the topic. So we are the experiment. The American people who are so scared of getting sick of this virus, we're the experiment. We're the lab rats. And the government and the people that are, um, you know, distributing this, like my uh, governor, Mike DeWine, is handing this out like it's candy to, to people. And... They're all going to watch and see what the long-term effects are of the vaccine that is in your body. There was no trial test done. There was no real um, facts, nothing really solid proof that this vaccine was ever going to work until they tested it on humans. Now, I don't know about you, but I don't want to be a lab rat. I'm nobody's lab rat. But, I mean, if y'all have taken it, I don't, I'm not angry with anybody who's taken it, but I will say, oh, goodness, I will say, keep a very close watch on what your body is doing.
In order to grow that and replicate it to make it grow, they are using at least one and maybe two different types of tissue cells that come from aborted fetal tissue. One is called PCR.C6, which comes from retinal tissues of previously aborted fetal tissue. I've talked about this before on my podcast. This is true. This is all true. MRC5 is a chemical that is in your vaccine and you are being pumped with aborted fetal tissue. You have physical matter in your body that has been injected from babies that have been aborted that haven't that that were never really wanted. And to me as a Christian and to me as someone who is completely against abortion, I find that horrifying. I find that heartbreaking and very horrifying because I've I've always had this love and this righteous anger for the like children that are being mistreated and hurt and I I will always stand up for children that don't have a voice like that hurts my heart like why would you want to abort a child in the first place and two why are these businesses I've even talked about this before I know I have there are businesses out there that are fighting over embryo fluid that are fighting over aborted children, fetuses, and selling them like it's a delicacy, like it's an underground delicacy, and now, look at what they're doing. They're injecting it in your body. How barbaric and evil is that? And there's another one called HBK that comes from a kidney of a previously aborted fetus. Oh my god. They have to have viruses in order to get a large enough quantity to manufacture a shot or a vaccine. They have to replicate in living tissues. That's why those tissues are used. So you've got this shell of an adenovirus and you've got the protein inside of it. They inject that into your system. The shell of the um, adenovirus binds to your cells and again, opens up like an egg and deposits that protein into your system and the process begins to create the anti-spike antibodies. That's a foreign protein that's just been deposited into your body. It activates many of your toll-like receptors, which I think are God inside of us. The toll-like receptors separate self from non-self and toll-like receptors are able to tell what's a foreign protein versus your natural in-your-body protein. There's a huge amount of, of um, immunology that happens there. You get a lot of cytokines, which can cause inflammation. You activate the white blood cells, the neutrocells in the bloodstream. I don't mean to interrupt her. I was trying to get into a pause where you wouldn't want to be interrupted with the information that she's giving you, but... Oh my god. And for anybody, and anybody, it doesn't have to be somebody who's a Democrat and who is a liberal or whatever. If anybody agrees that, oh, well, there's thousands of people dying, I mean, we have to do what we can in order to save those lives. 
No. No. No, there is another way. There is always another way. Okay. For one, you got to take care of yourself. You have to keep yourself in good health. You have to exercise. You have to eat right. Okay. That's one of the main things that we have to do that we as an American people, including me, okay, fail to do on a daily basis because we're too lazy. That is something God made us people who can take care of themselves, who should know what is right and wrong, what is good to eat, what is bad to eat, how to take care of yourself when you are sick. Okay, that's just human common sense. When it comes to someone using aborted fetus fluid, in order to make you better and you're for that I don't I don't want to know you I don't I don't want to know you I don't want to talk to you I don't want to see you because you're just as bad as the people who have decided to inject this into the American people this is evil and I don't want to be around anybody who agrees with this There's all this activity that happens, an acute flare-up, to create this anti-spike antibody. Now, the anti-spike antibody is going to be the same or very, very similar in all three of those vaccines because that's the end result, is to make the anti-spike antibody. Okay, so I know that uh, the CDC, and they have actually given these numbers that as of a few days ago, there were 900... My God. In one week, we went from just under 19,000 reported adverse events to over 25,000 reported events. Can someone tell me how it is logical for a person to be so afraid, okay, to take this vaccine, which has human blood cells and tissue in it, okay, that is completely experimental. We don't know what the side effects will be. We don't know how in the world it will affect us long term. And yet people blindly accept it because they don't want to die from the virus. You might as well die. You may as well die. You might. Who knows? Okay. You might die from the vaccine. Just maybe a little slower. We have no idea. And that sounds to me like it's a catch-22. And I don't like it. It's like, damned if you do, damned if you don't. Like, no. the No. Oh, this is starting to get me mad. <laughs> adverse event reporting system, which is a voluntary reporting system, and it's well known that that database captures about 10% of adverse events. So we could be looking at right now as many as 12,000 deaths. And can you think of one single product? Can you think of any product 
in any industry across the board, any industry, that if somewhere between 1,200 and 12,000 people had been killed using it in the first 10 weeks of use, that it would still be on the market, and not only still on the market, but heavy-handedly pushed to get people to use it or to take it, it's, it's just an enigma to me. The real question is, uh, like you mentioned, six months from now, a year from now, that's when we're really going to see what these vaccines have done to people. And you expect what uh, autoimmune disorders, uh, heart, kidney, lung issues, you see that happening? All of them. There was a study that came out. Okay. I don't... (laughs) I need to think for a minute before I even speak, so forgive me, but how can you say that you're not injecting death into you when MRC5 is a proven chemical or a proven thing where it's literal dead baby tissue and fetal fluid, okay, that is being injected in your body, the cells are dead. Or as far as I know, I don't know how you keep something alive um, if it's not alive. I'm not sure how. I know certain abortions, they take apart the, the baby and they pull it apart. I know I've seen people take the embryo out completely with the baby still intact inside. I don't know whether that child is still living or not when it comes to that. That's something that I'll have to research soon about that. I have learned that if blood is not in your body, blood is a living thing, okay? Blood is not just something that's a part of you, okay? It is a living thing. It's only living if it's inside you, so... Um, these cells that are in your blood, they don't have much of a long life when it comes to your body being, like, your blood being taken out of you. So, what I want to know is how long does it take for a cell of a dead baby that is injected to, into another body, okay, which I am assuming now, I don't know how, because she did say it was like a recipe, just something that's added into our bodies and into our DNA to where it stays. And maybe uh, there's a certain amount of time where um, there's like a time frame. I'm literally trying to brainstorm how this would work. But apparently, that yes, they are living cells being put into you, but they're not yours. So I want to know if... I want to know what happens when somebody else's DNA is put into you. And being trained to, to be your DNA. I... I To me, I can't wrap my head around the science, but that's for me to learn and give to everybody else to learn uh, some other time.
by a very well-respected, highly respected immunology group in California. And what they did was they said, when we create this anti-spike antibody, does it just go after the virus, the one that you might be re-exposed to, or maybe one of the coronaviruses? Or can it cross-react with your body, which is what autoimmune disease is? So they took tissue samples and they put them in what they call little wells. They're like little wells. They look like little Dixie cup wells. And they put samples of 55 different tissue types in these little wells. Then they dropped serum that had the anti-spike antibody on it and saw what the reaction was. And what they found was that the antibody cross-reacted with 28 different tissue types. One of the highest concentrations, one of the, the highest um, aggregations of where the, um, where the antibody attached to was the mitochondria. The mitochondria are the, the inner lining of the mitochondria, to be exact. The mitochondria are little organelles inside of every muscle system in your body that they produce your chemistry, they produce your gasoline. And your body's gasoline is called ATP. So ATP is the gasoline that runs your body. And it's produced internally by the mitochondria. The antibody attack the mitochondria and make it not work correctly. And I believe, it's my opinion, that that's one of the reasons why one of the most profound side effects from the, uh, from after people have experienced that, after they've received one of these three approved shots, is profound fatigue. It's because you've just taken a handful of salt and you've thrown it in the engine of your car and you expect it to produce energy. Right. It can't produce energy. In fact, the most common side effects that we see, um, you know, even after the, after the injection, are headaches and profound fatigue, fatigue. And they know that this spike, this protein, and they believe the antibodies also can cross the blood-brain barrier and get into the brain and attack at least three, if not four, different types of tissue types that were discovered by this uh, group out of California who did the research. Also, one of the things that we just found out about is they, for the Johnson Johnson vaccine, they're actually testing it on infants and God, why? No. How is it possible or how is it legal to test it on a newborn when they can't give consent? Well, that's a really, really good question. It would make you, it would make you want... Okay. Now, it's interesting how Johnson & Johnson is uh, testing this stuff on pregnant women when um, not too long ago I was at work and I was watching the news and they said that there are fertility issues being tied to the COVID vaccine. Now, as a mother, I would not want that injected in my body because, of course, what's going to happen to my child if I'm pregnant with it and I get this vaccine? I hope to God nothing happens to anybody, any mother who has gotten this vaccine. I, I seriously bleed the blood over you. No one deserves that. Um, but it's evil to me that this is happening, that they're even testing this on infants. Like, what in the world is going to happen to the infant? <sighs> you know how they approve any of the vaccines that are given to children under six months of age because they can't give informed consent. 
When I started hearing that J&J wanted to now start testing this on newborns, I thought, why? They're not, the children under the age of 12 rarely, if ever, contract this infection. All of the, the death rate amongst children under the age of 12 is, is as close to zero as it could possibly get. Wow. All of this nonsense that we have done, the destructive, psychological, emotional nonsense that we've done to children. Now... I am debating whether I should be talking about this and why infants and young children under 12 are a very big commodity in the government and in high up elite officials and what they do with these children. At some point, if I'm brave enough, I will talk about it. There are some things that I have found out that the government does that I just don't like to repeat just because I... It, it's just dangerous. And um, maybe someday if I am led, <laughs> it had to be me being led by the Holy Spirit to talk about this. But... Just know that your children are in the eyes of the government and they want to buy and sell every little bit of them. You see what they're doing with the vaccine and the deported children? It goes even farther than that. separating them, keeping them from home, not allowing them to do any of the things that normal kids in grade school are supposed to do, growing these Uh children up to not understand the subtleties of facial expression, to make them be fearful of people who don't have a mask, Mm -hmm. when they should be fearful of people who do have a mask who might kidnap them. I mean, what we, and now when they want to start trying to experiment with a completely experimental type of post-shot, never before done on human beings in general. Now they want to do this on newborns. It's a crime against humanity. It's Amen. an absolute assault on children of God. Wow. <clears throat> we only have a few minutes left. Susie, quickly, your question. My question was, I know several people in my neighborhood and stuff who've, who've got the vaccine and talked about those same side effects that you mentioned. Uh, and so, you know, it's natural to just worry about them. What advice would you give to people who've got these vaccines and are now getting this information and they're scared. What would you say to them? Well, it's a disturbing answer that you don't want to hear. With the, t- with the types of things that this injection does, binding the spike protein to the surface of your cells, making an antibody, which means you're sensitized to that forever, um, <clears throat> through a process called transfection, binding spike protein to your cells. Once you've been vaccinated, it is the mark. You cannot become unvaccinated. Oh my God. People want to know what they can do to detox from the mercury or the aluminum or the viruses. This is an irreversible thing. Once you have decided and made it an uninformed decision, I can't tell you how many people say, I don't want to hear about it. Just give me the shot. I want to be that convenient. I want to be convenient in my life. So you're changing, exchanging a lifetime of probable illness, possibly even death. So you can be convenienced and get on an airplane and go to the store. People really need to know about this. I've been talking, I've done over 400 interviews in the last year about this. 
Um, he was not, I haven't been quiet about it. And neither have a lot of other people. People really need to put their hand, their lives in God's hands and not in the hands of a pharmaceutical. Yeah. Well, Dr. Tim Penny, I know you're coming today starring May. We look so forward to having you, but I feel like it was so important to have you. Yeah, wow. She even came out and said it. I haven't actually talked about uh, much about the New World Order or the Mark of the Beast, but maybe it's time for me to talk about it. Um, it's, it's actually, I'm not too surprised that this has happened and that she even said that, that it is the mark. Because when you get a vaccine, you can't be unvaccinated. And people are unknowingly, even Christians, because even in the Bible it says the elect will fall. Mean, meaning even God's people will fall for this, for what's going on. Okay, You can't tell me that God wasn't talking about this. Because he definitely was. That even God's people will be so afraid that they will take the vaccine or the mark. Now, do I personally believe in in my own opinion um, about the vaccine being the mark of the beast? It's possible. It's possible. But... I honestly feel like it might not be. But then again, look how many people are being fooled into taking this. Look how many people have already gotten this without actually realizing what's in it and educating themselves. Radio, we better bleh. Yep, yep, we'll be right back. It's distracting when my husband texts me while I'm doing this. Um, the next segment that I'm going to be talking about or the next part of this podcast is going to be about Destry Smith because I said that I was going to update you with everything that I know and everything that I am finding out. And you all know that Destry Smith was one of my favorite YouTubers, one of the very first YouTubers that I started watching. And I thought he was funny, I thought he was great, thought he was wholesome compared to all the other people out there on YouTube. Excuse me. And turns out that he's not, or it appears that he's not. I'm not taking any sides whether he truly did it or didn't do it. Um, it all depends on what's going to happen and what's happening now. Uh, he has finally come out and said something, so we're going to go on YouTube and we're going to listen to it um, right now. And I will be interrupting like I did the last time I recorded the video of the vaccine. So we're going to, you're going to get my thoughts on exactly what he's saying while he says it. So... 
Okay, here we go. So I took some time away from the internet to try to assess how to handle everything going on right now uh, in the hopes that what I say will reach an actual audience and not just people that want to see me fall. So first off, I just want to say uh, I am aware of accusations being made against me. And what I can say is while I can't agree with some of the things being said about me, I'm also not completely innocent in everything. I will say that nothing is completely black and white. There are obviously two sides to every story, uh, and especially the ones that I can personally take accountability for. The first thing that he did say that he is not completely innocent and that's something that um I mean I I was expecting honestly um but I'm still a little surprised about it. Um <clears throat> Let's just see what else he has to say cuz it looks like as far as body language goes he's very truthful. I don't know much about, you know, body language, but sometimes you can pick up if someone's fake to you or not. So as far as now, with this beginning of this whole video, the beginning of it, he looks like he's pretty truthful so far. Like he's not trying to fake any of it, but let's keep going. just a terrible person. I was a big piece of shit. Uh, I have been very vocal about the fact that I was a big piece of shit. It has never been something that I've ever tried to hide. In fact, my mom will be the first person to tell you that I was a terrible person. I was a liar, a cheater. I was a giant man whore in my past. I tried to see multiple women at the same time. A terrible friend? Absolutely. But do I think I'm any of those things anymore? No, I really don't. Am I any of the other things that people are saying about me? Absolutely not. However, I am constantly sorry about the person that I was, and I'm constantly saying sorry for the person that I was, constantly trying to distance myself from the person that I used to be even five years ago. And truthfully, I think I've come a long way. I mean, depending on how long you've watched me on this channel, I'm sure you can see the same thing about me and my content. I am not the same person I was 12 years ago when I started my first channel. And I'm grateful for that fact. I've made friends, I've lost friends, I've made lovers, I've lost those lovers. I've made constant mistakes, I've failed a dozens of times. But each one of those things was a lesson that made me who I am today and less of the person that I used to be and the qualities that I hated about myself. Whatever I was, I'm not that person anymore. That's So, um, as far as I know with um, him saying that he's not this person anymore. I'm. I do respect the fact that he does admit that he was a terrible person, and yes, he has talked about that before. He has said that even his own mom has said that he was a piece of shit a long, long time ago, and it is it is something that he used to constantly make a joke of. And me being a viewer and a big fan of him. Um, me being a fan back in the day, um, I can honestly confirm that this is true because he has constantly talked himself down as a joke, said some mean things about himself, you know, picking on himself. 
when it comes to these allegations of him talking to people underage and all that stuff, I want to say the allegations that he was talking about, he's saying that all of that isn't true. And like I said, we'll never really know. Um, and I'm kind of glad that he has talked about this already. But, um, I guess there has been somebody that has come out on Twitter that has said that he tried to talk to her three weeks ago. And I don't know how true that is. Like I said, I don't hate anybody who comes forth as a victim. It's not that I don't believe every victim. It's that I want to take their side of the story into consideration until it is proven wrong. Or until it is proven right. Um, I kind of see it as somebody who is clearly just by seeing them is a victim, but you have to investigate more. You know what I mean? Just like any detective will say, some victims aren't really victims, sometimes they're suspects. And that's how I see it. I see everything, like stuff like this on YouTube as a crime scene. That's just how I see it. Um, and I know some people might hate me for that, for not jumping on the victim train completely, but there have been people, there have been men that have been falsely accused of rape and molestation and stuff like this for years, and they had um, been put into jail unfairly, they have been put to death unfairly, um, and years later along down the line, they find out that this person was completely innocent. So, no, I am not completely ready to crucify Destry Smith or burn him at the stake. I'm not going to be one of those people that chooses a side. I want to be able to listen to his words and also the victim's words and see what matches up and see what doesn't. You know, and it, as far as like all the uh, news, uh, you know, YouTubers out there like Sloan, he hasn't actually covered him yet covered Destry Smith, but, uh, Sloan, Revzilla, Philip DeFranco, all of those people that I do watch, I don't mean to discredit them or anything, trust me, I know that they're probably doing their best as well to figure out whether this is true or not, but I'm not gonna completely demonize him yet, because for one, we're human, we all make mistakes, we all do stupid stuff, and he is the first one to definitely admit it throughout the years, even before all of this stuff happened. And whether he did this or not, I gotta say that that's very brave of him to even say right now, especially now. I am still human. Uh, those aren't the last mistakes I'll ever make. And if there's anything I ever do that's shitty, that irks you, or I make you uncomfortable, or you think that I'd step over the line, communicate that with me. Let me know these things. Because another thing to note is that my brand is sexual jokes. My brand is weird, creepy humor. 
it's always been that way and it will probably always be that way uh, it's just who i am and that's presumably why you started watching me in the first place but i would still like to be told when something i do crosses a boundary whether that be something i say in a video or something that is proven to be true about me as a person and with any accusation normally in an ideal world you are innocent until proven guilty but i have only ever seen it to be the opposite anyone online is always guilty until proven innocent and i can't support that idea and as such i know that a ton of people have already made exactly. up about the situation and even if i was to explain context of some of the things being said about me not only would it not help people's image of me but it would also be dragging someone else's name to the mud and that is just something i can't do even if it exonerates me and everything is great, but it was at the expense of someone else being thrown under the bus, I just won't do it. So I understand that some of you won't accept that answer, and uh, if this is where we say goodbye, I understand. Just know that I feel blessed to have been in your life at all. But to those who choose to continue to grow with me, just know that I will continue to distance myself from the piece of shit that I used to be. I have been and I will continue to strive every day to be the best version of myself. And as I said, if I ever slip up or you feel like I fail, communicate that with me. Also, really quick, I do want to say I disabled comments on this video uh, simply to prevent people from fighting in the comments. The last thing I want to do is to spread any more negativity than has already been spread. So. Please understand the purpose in that decision. That said, feel free to reach out to me. Um, if you do choose to reach out to me, please make sure it is one of the links in the description down below of this video. My previous two Snapchats were hacked, and on both occasions I reached out to Snapchat to see what could be done, and apparently nothing could be done about it. So for safety reasons, yes, please don't contact anyone saying that they're me that isn't uh, one of the links in the description down below. I don't have a kick. I don't have a public phone number. I posted tweets and Instagram stories uh, at least twice a year for the last several years this has been going on, uh, mainly for everyone's safety, but also because I've seen some terrible shit come with that. So that being said, thank you for listening and for giving me a chance to be heard. Okay. That's Destry Smith talking about what he's been accused of. I know it was very short and sweet and to the point. Um, maybe someday... Uh, when he is ready, he will talk about the specific accusations um, that are against him right now. But for now, this is all he's going to give us. And I feel like as far as me being a fan, yes, I do. I love this guy. He's hilarious and fun and awesome. But it gives him no excuse to do what he's done. Um... And as far as him being a person that could be a potential pedophile, you know me, I would never forgive him. But I don't think he is. And that's me. That's coming from not a fan. That's coming from me as a person who has, has seen this person grow and has seen this person, you know, on YouTube a lot doing a lot of dumb stuff, saying a lot of dumb stuff, all of that. I definitely do not condone anything that he's done in his past. Like he said, he's cheated. He's done some really dumb stuff, really awful stuff. And um, especially when it comes to someone who is 
in the public eye of the internet, it is very hard for their mistakes to erase on the internet. Um, that's just how it is. Um, I don't have any explanation on why he's decided to keep everything private, his Instagram, his Facebook, his Twitter, um, but we're not going to know until he lets us know, basically. Um, I still have to look into a bunch of stuff with um, the victims, so when I say that I think that he is innocent, it is with a grain of salt, it is with you know, the smallest benefit of the doubt, but then again, I've seen this guy grow, and yes, he's done some stupid stuff. He has talked about it many times, but I'm not always gonna let that be like, oh, okay, I forgive you. No, 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 no. We've got to investigate this whole thing. So, yeah. Yeah.